0: back to another episode of Sales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And we are back with Tom Stanfill. We're in the middle, the exact middle of a three-part series. And I am so excited. exact middle. So ex-
1: The exact middle. Like the middle of the Oreo, that exact little creamy the exact, film. We're in the exact middle of three podcasts. I mean, it's not one way or the other. We are smack jab in the middle absolutely this is why you're the you're the announcer extraordinaire the producer of all producery producery i like that that's yeah, a new producer word of it. all producery <laughs> well as you remember team last week we were uh
0: talking about is the opportunity real this week we're going to get into can you win the opportunity but first we need to investigate that cold frosty and refreshing
1: mm. beverage in front of you what is that it's been a long week scott it's yeah. been a long week yeah. um, and so we needed something. I need something refreshing, Scott. Mm-hmm. I needed something. And here's, and I, I played golf earlier this week. Don't tell my boss, but I played golf earlier this week. And I decided, because I wanted something cool and refreshing, and I'm going right back to it, an old standby that, that I drank early in my adult life, mm-hmm. underscore adult, uh, is Rolling Rock. I'm holding Rolling Rock. I mean, I mean, bring back, oh, the memories. I mean, just... Just a clear, refreshing beer crafted beginning in 1939 by Latrobe Brewing Company. Doesn't that remind you of like, doesn't that sound like Arnold Palmer? It is. I
0: just remember the ads uh, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I feel like there was a tractor involved. Of Yeah, but
1: I don't know if that had anything to do with Rolling Rock, but maybe Uh, it did. Probably not probably. Not. Uh the alcohol by volume ABV is 4.4%. So I'm going to make it through the podcast.
0: Oh my gosh, and I win. I win because <laughs> I have 4.8% ABV. I win. Um I am going yes. with and you're not going to believe this. The I'm back not. of the rack as well. Back of the rack. I'm going PBR and that is not professional bull riders association that is
1: pabst <laughs> blue ribbon and that is i don't even point. really know this is an honest this is an honest truth <laughs> statement i don't know if that's is that redundant i don't think i've ever had a pbr oh my gosh can you believe it? i need to drink a pbr
0: yeah you need to try it and they may not have that down south but you should try to yeah. it. yeah yeah it's uh so yeah, we're going we're gonna to get into a little PBR and a little Rolling Rock today, mm. just some classics. I feel like we should have some vinyl on the record player right now if we're yes. going to be drinking
1: like this. Oh, I love it. I love it.
0: Well, very good. Tom, welcome back to the second of three on this subject. Uh, maybe the best thing to do is just remind people what we talked about last week in the fact that is the opportunity real? Just let's go through that and then we'll get into can we win the opportunity, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think for for context, you know, what we're talking about is determining if the opportunity with either within an existing account or it's mm. a new opportunity uh, that you're pursuing, is it worth, it, are you pursuing a qualified account? The problem is we have limited time, right? And how we invest that time and that resource will ultimately determine whether it be successful. So if you're chasing deals that you can't win um, or it's not worth winning, or they're not real, you're wasting your time. So, and it's not about being self-centered, which we talked about last week. It's about choosing the people that you want to serve and can serve, right? So if you're, if you're an orthopedic surgeon and you're spending time with people who have a brain problem, you're wasting their time and you're wasting your time. right? And so you want to pick the, the people that you can serve and you choose who you can serve. So it doesn't mean you're selfish and you're a bad person. It actually means you're, you're, you're You're managing your resources well so you can serve more people and serve the right people. So we talked about last week, the first step is to determine, is there an opportunity? Is there really, is there is the opportunity real? Because we get excited, right? We hear if somebody calls us and we get a lead or somebody refers us and we're like, oh, it's a great deal. It's going to be awesome. And I get excited. (laughs) That's true. But But we need to switch hats from... I'm excited. And I'm going to potentially make a commission or build a new relationship to kind of put on our accounting hat and try to kill the deal. Yeah. And so the four, the four questions we, we asked to determine if the opportunity is real is, do you have access to the decision maker? There's somebody in the deal that's going to determine what, it's gonna, what's going to happen. Yep. And so we talked about that last week. Do, do we have access to the person who's going to determine what happens? Because if you don't, it, and nothing else matters because the information you may be getting from the wrong person isn't, isn't accurate. We also talked about is there a budget have been funds been set aside, but more importantly, is there a compelling event? Is there some, is there a reason why they have to invest in the solution? Cause if they don't, they probably won't. Even if they have the resources set aside or the funds set aside, because a lot of times people lose the, their budget. And then lastly, we talked about solution fit is what they're looking for. Fit with what you offer. Um, so those were the big four. Yeah. Now there's more. Uh, obviously, everybody's unique, and they need to come up with, um, you know, criteria that will help them determine that. But that's what we talked about last week. This what, week, we, I yep. think we're going to talk about the most overlooked one.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I think this is this is critical because you know, we talked about the fit, but we also need to dive into, and I think this is where we'll spend the the uh, preeminent amount of time today, which is, uh-huh. can you win the deal? If you're completely honest with yourself, can you actually win it? So in typical Tom, Stanfill, I mean, just preparedness and the way you lay <laughs> things out, we've got a three-step, I don't know, three, three elements, three steps to this
1: process, three questions, questions. You could think of three criteria, three categories, either way, there's three things you need to focus on when you're going to determine, can you win? And I love this because last week we agreed
0: that it's better to have like this Christmas effect where we don't tell everybody up front what we're going to talk about. We're just going to unwrap each of these one at a time. And so let's, before we get into the big three present, it's present for our listeners. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, which on Friday afternoon is so welcome after a tough week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's kind of set this up. The, 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 can you win part? You know, there's just this, this, this mentality that every deal that comes across our desk, we should pursue to your point. We, we get a commission when we sell stuff. So we want to mm-hmm. chase everything. Right. But to your point, you know, it's, it's uh, time is our most precious asset. I know everybody says that, but it's so true. And yeah. so, you know, really trying to talk people uh, out of a deal. You know, really try to unsell it before you sell it. Make sure that uh, you know they're they're not just tire kickers. Let's talk about can you win. So help us set that up, Tom.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to underscore that this this category is mm-hmm. the one that. Um, I almost, I know it's not a hundred percent, but I'd say at least 90 plus percent of sellers overlook. Yeah. Everybody's crystal clear on the size of the opportunity and people mm-hmm. typically intuitively know that they're supposed to figure out if the opportunity is real. They may just need to sharpen their criteria or change how they think about it or be a little bit less positive and more critical as they think about it. But this one, a lot of people skip. Yeah. Uh in the, in the as you said the category can you win this. Now yeah. the number one thing to look at is the competitor loyalty. Yes. You know, what, how embedded is the competitor? And that may not be that may not be related to Um, their current relationship with them, meaning that they've already bought their solution in the past. So their current vendor, it could be the time that they've invested with them, uh, you know, to the point where you enter in the picture. So for example, if they've been talking to them for a year and they've been talking to you for for two days, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, but you want to know what's the loyalty, what's the existing loyalty they have to the competitor.
0: That's, that's a good, I mean, very good point because sometimes mm-hmm. at the end of a, of a buy cycle, cause I'll put it in the terms of the buyer, mm-hmm. um, they realize after they've invested a year with a, a, an individual vendor that's helped quote unquote, write the spec, right? Yeah. Right. And then at the end, someone tells them, well, you got to get three quotes. So you need two more. And all of a sudden you're the, uh, <laughs> you're the trailer hitch on the back of this thing and you don't have any chance of winning. And so you've got to yeah. uncover where you fit in that, um strategic hierarchy of, of how they're
1: making their decision or who they, who they value. I think that's a great point. And I I think the best way I think to think about this is they have a history with everybody. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Right. Somebody has the advantage who has it. So if you say, if you listen, this is where you just get really detailed. You say, okay, they're talking to three people. And by the way, the best place to find that out is your coach, which we talked about in the last episode. Get a coach, somebody that wants you to win, that's involved in the process, but not part of the decision-making process, but knows what's going on. And they may be part of the decision-making process, but the bottom line is they want you to win and they know what's going on. They can tell you there's three people they're talking to. Okay, well, what's the history with all three? Who has competitive advantage? Yeah. Somebody yeah. does. I, I was pursuing an opportunity um, uh, gosh, I don't know. This was, gosh, 15 years ago. Um, and it, was with, it was GMAC. It was the division of GM. Mm-hmm. And it was their insurance division. And I got invited in. I was one of 10 that brought in to make a pre- and They told me that. And you're just one of 10. And we're going to have 10 companies come in and present. Um, you know, their capabilities. Yep. And then they'll, from that 10, we'll pick two or three that we'll bring back in and have a more in-depth process, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that makes perfect sense. They don't know me, right? And so this is really important. When I first walked into the building for that meeting, there's somebody that I started working with. Now, that's something a lot of people overlook, but that could be my coach. Whoever yep. met me in the lobby and walks me in, walks me out, they're part of the team, but this is a potential coach. And I think that's, that's an important thing to note is always be looking for your coach early. Yeah. So bottom line is um, two weeks later, they go, well, Tom, here's the bad news. Bad news is you didn't win the deal. The good news is you came in second. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait, 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 wait. I, I, you, you made a decision based on a 30-minute meeting. I had no discovery, blah, blah, blah. and you said it was about. You said that it was, you know, going to be a, uh, you know, a process. And yeah. Just this first step, and of course, you can't say a lot of that, but that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And so here's what I found out from my coach. We actually, they had actually been working with our biggest competitor a year ago. They went through the whole process, decided on them and then budget got cut and then they had to delay it for years so somebody told them they had to go through the process again but it was yeah. a fake process yes i did not know that yep so i got you got to determine is that happening and i've been on the other side of the table where we've got vendors coming in and presenting to us now one of those vendors has talked to us for 6 months and the other two have talked to us for 5 minutes
0: yeah yeah
1: and so you've got to stop and make sure you know what's happening Uh, as you try to pursue a deal well and and i think we you and i might have been engaged in one of these sorts
0: of things together at one point maybe i don't know 18 years ago um yeah when you were calling on apc for the first time right because we had an incumbent
1: didn't we yes you you guys you guys and this this relates to to a play that we can um you know, a strategy or a play that's necessary to determine the, you know, if there's competitor loyalty yeah. is you need to ask them to talk you out of why they shouldn't work with the incumbent yeah, or, yeah. or the competitor that you feel like may have competitive advantage. So in, in the case that you're talking about with APC, you guys were working with Dale Carnegie. That's right. And you're already having reps trained with Dale Carnegie. hmm And so that was, and and you like Dale Carnegie. So I asked the question, why not just work with Dale Carnegie? Why work with me? Yeah, Because I'm going to have to get on a plane, multiple trips, spend time and money pursuing a company. And so I want to know, why shouldn't you work with Dale Carnegie? And a lot of people don't want to ask that because they're afraid of the truth. Right. (laughs) But I would much rather find out the truth before I spend the five days and the $5,000. Uh, then after I sp- spend right. the five days and the five thousand dollars and we, you know and here's what the decision maker said Mark he said they are good at fill in the blank but they can't do fill in the blank and That's we need right. somebody to do it I'm like okay so you sold me you sold me on why I need to give you five days and I need to give you five thousand dollars yeah 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 and well, by the way, I think it's really important to say when you ask those tough questions that draws you to a real decision maker, not pushes you away. Right. Because you're taking a strategic look at it. And by the way, there's not a
0: sales leader out there that listens to this podcast or in general that Mm -hmm. doesn't want the bad news early. Right. I mean, as sales leaders, we always want to know if these forecasts are real. Right. We don't want fluff in there. And so if you aren't asking these tough questions up front, you might have fluff in your forecast and get bitten at the end like you did at GMAC. And so you've got to remember that as a sales rep and as sales leaders, drive this into the mentality of your teams that you've got to ask tough questions up front, or you wind up wasting time.
1: And that's what we want to eliminate. (laughs) You just reminded me of what actually (laughs) happened at GMAC. I got to tell the story. So, and because this kind of relates to our our point that we just made about um, making sure that you are driving of the process and setting the stage to win. Mm-hmm. So they call me back and they say, after they tell me I've lost and they say, well, actually the two CEO, the CEO and the COO want to meet the final two. So all of a sudden the deal became real again. Yeah. Right. But I learned from my previous mistake and they said, well, we, so we want you to come back and present your solution to the C level people in you know, a couple of weeks. And I said, Fine, but I want access to these people, and I want this information. And they said no, and then I said no. Well, then I'm not presenting. Hmm. And then they were started scrambling. So all of a sudden, they have the CEO wants to meet with me, and I and they and they're telling me I can't have access to people that will tell me what's happening in the organization, and they're not going to give me enough time. And I said, well, then I'm not doing it. And so they changed their process, and I won the deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Very, very interesting. And, and it takes, Oh, what's the right word? It takes strength of character. It takes, you know, heart to be able to do what you did because there is a
1: very real chance they could say, all right, then go away. But, well, and I think it's, I think the confidence comes from the fact that you're going to lose anyway. You, the right. confidence comes from the fact that you don't want to, you don't want to focus on people who don't really need your service. Right. You know, I and so what gives me confidence is like people need what I do. I help organizations, I change the way they sell, I help them be more effective in their selling, I help them enjoy their life as they're selling. We want to, you know, drive revenue, all the things that are important and related to this profession that we love so much. And I don't want to waste time with people who want to waste my time. And so if they're not willing to go through the right process, it's kind of like the analogy I'll use is, okay, we want to evaluate you as a singer. Yeah. Okay, great. Then can I, I'm going to have a microphone and I'm going to play certain music and I want to know what music you like. Well, no, we're not going to let you have a microphone. We're not going to listen to you sing. And we're not going to let you tell you what the music we like. I'm like, well, then I'm not going to do it. (laughs) It's like, if you really want to hire a singer, these are the elements that have to be in place. So the confidence comes from going, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you don't really want to hire a singer. You already have a singer. You, need, you, you just need a, another, like you said, another quote.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Or you need leverage with
1: your existing relationships. And
0: I don't want to play that game. Right, right. So that, okay, great. So that's the first step in this. You know, the first question you really need to decipher is, is there competitor loyalty? How long have they spent with other people? Where do you fit in that sort of hierarchy? Exactly. Let's go to number two. Why don't you tell us what that one is?
1: Number two is, mm-hmm. and this is the hardest one. Mm-hmm. And this, this is political alignment. Mm-hmm. So in other words, there's, let's just say there's a decision maker. The one that ultimately is going to determine what's going to happen. Doesn't mean they don't listen to other people, but they're the ones that have the most power and influence over deciding what's going to happen. And then there's the people they listen to and I'm simplifying this for just the purpose of this podcast. There's the people they listen to, and I call those people the influencers, right? Those influencers and are aligned with somebody. Yes. So they're either, and they're aligned with you. So another way to say this is we need to determine, rate their alignment with you, which is positive, neutral, or negative. Yep. And obviously if it's negative, that means they are aligned with somebody else. Yep. But what's their alignment with you? Is it positive, neutral, or negative? And so then your goal becomes, how do I turn the negative into neutral and the neutral into positive? And look at each influencer as a unique decision maker and pursue each influencer versus, well, I'm pursuing an opportunity and I meet with who they tell me to meet with versus who are the people that are going to determine what will happen? In other words, who are the people that decision maker listens to isolate each one of them, rate their alignment with me, and then I need to pursue those that, that are in jeopardy Yeah, because they, have, they can walk down the hall. They may have been working with the decision maker for 10 years, yeah. and I've known them. I may not even know them, or I may have met them for 30 minutes, so I need to look at each one of them and come up with my strategy to convert them. So that sounds a smidge
0: complicated. So tell me, yeah. you know, how, how do you recommend, A, they identify, and I'm, the they is our sales reps out there that are trying to learn right now. Mm-hmm. How do they identify all these influencers? And then how do they really, um, what, what's a good tool to help them rate their alignment, those, those influencers alignment uh, with us or with competition? So wh- what are some tools they could use?
1: Well, the first, the first thing is you got to, the easiest is get a coach, mm. in which we keep saying that over and over again. You know, Coach is key because they're inside. And so you can talk to your coach because, again, your coach wants you to win. And that may be your first thing, especially when it's a more of a complex opportunity, yeah. is win the coach over. right? Spend the time to turn one of those influencers into a coach. That's your best play. Yeah. And they can even become, a, some people call them a sponsor. But they're the person advocate, whatever you want to call them. But this is this internal person who wants you to win. And so you work closely with them to determine who those players are. And they can sponsor you to get access to the other players. The other way, which is more difficult, but still works, is just you ask tough questions. Because you're meeting with somebody. Yeah. And so you ask who, you know, like we talked about last, what, last week, who's involved in the decision-maker? Who's the decision-maker? Who's the decision-maker look like? Yeah. Who else is going to be looking at this? Who else are you going to be meeting with? Um, every time they talk about them or they or we, who's them, they, or we, who are <laughs> yeah. those people? Uh, one time I was um, asked to, and when pursuing an opportunity with the distributor, I was asked to meet with a group in Greenville, mm. Now here's the question I didn't ask. Why? <laughs> Why do you want me to meet with this group in Greenville? Because yeah. you're in another city. Yeah. You're in New Jersey and I'm working with the VP of sales. Why do you want me to meet with this team in Greenville? Yeah. Never asked that question. So I go and meet with them and present and felt really good about it. And at the end of the meeting, some guy stood up and said, I didn't know who this guy was, but this was the reason I was in Greenville. He says, you know, IBM offers sales training, and IBM is our biggest manufacturer that we represent. Have we talked to IBM? hmm Silence. Yeah. No. Crickets. Crickets. That's why I was in Greenville. If I would have asked the guy, the VP of sales, and said, why are you saying to me Greenville? Well, why won't you meet with Bob, making up his name? Yeah. Bob. Uh, He was a friend with our CEO and used to work with IBM, and he is super involved in whatever we do as a company related to sales. I go, oh, Bob. Now, so I would have changed my strategy. I would have met with Bob. I would have, because we did have a better solution than IBM, I believe. Yeah. But I never had that chance because Bob cut my legs out from under me. Oh my goodness. So you're going to hear things early on. And so the question is ask tough questions about who's involved and what's their alignment. And anytime you don't know, then you seek them out to meet with them. And the key is when you do that is to come up with an other centered reason why you need to meet with them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So um, any other, any other pearls or, or stories that cement the point on political alignment and getting to the right influencers?
1: Well I think what's really important and I I've seen this done before is if you rate them so yeah. ultimately what you want to do is say okay here are all the decision here's all the decision drivers you know and when you know what the decision drivers are and you can rate them um actually I think I'm thinking of a uh, let's skip that I think the bottom line is just rate each each yeah. Each individual. I, I'm jumping ahead. Well, you this almost ra- mapped Right, rating, yeah, yeah. You just need to identify them and put a a negative, neutral, and um, and and uh, positive by them. If you can't do that, you've got problems.
0: Yeah, yeah. there's and some so, blind spots. Yeah, so
1: I, I jumped ahead because it, the next we're going to talk about uh, decision drivers. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've covered. God, I'm a professional sales trainer. I'm not a professional podcaster.
0: Uh, but you're getting close. I think <laughs> the world needs a little more Tommy boy. Um, so we've talked about that competitor loyalty and, and you know, where the, where the company has spent time and investment with your competitors and where you are set, you know, uh, where you align with them. The political alignment one, which I do agree is, is probably the hardest thing to navigate because yeah. you do have to ask tough questions. What's the, the final piece to the puzzle as it relates to, can we win uh, in this scenario?
1: Yeah. And this one's tricky. It's obvious when we're going to describe it, but it's tricky because it requires us to think differently, but it's, do they value your unique solution? Yeah. In other words, there's a position that you have in the marketplace. There's a reason why your solution was created. There was a hole, there was a gap and, and, and you, that's your thing that's your secret sauce there's something about there's a reason why your company's been successful there's something you do better than everybody else yeah in every product everything you can say it's in and, and you know sometimes it's your go-to-market strategy sometimes it's how you price it sometimes it's it's you know your way you serve your whatever it is it's your thing if they don't care you're gonna lose that's it that's it they if they yeah, don't yeah. care you're gonna lose
0: what makes your company unique and special in your market and why if they don't value it, you lose. Why do they value it? You got to
1: figure that out. Yeah, you got to figure that out. And here's the here's the tricky part. It's not, it's not should they value it, it's do they value it.
0: Yes. Of course <laughs> they should value it. You wouldn't be selling it if you didn't believe in it. Right. Um, you
1: should <laughs> care about the fact that we're going to be a great partner and we bring this team to the table. Yeah. And you care about price. Well, that's ridiculous. You should care about value. Yeah. Well, that's true. And You may be able to change your mind, but again, you, this doesn't mean you don't pursue the opportunity. It means you have risk, and you're evaluating risk because what you want to do is you want to line up all your opportunities, and we're going to talk about this later. You want to look at the score of each of your opportunities, and you want to line them up, and you have time. You've got a limited time, and so you're going to say, well, this one might rank now because they don't value your unique solution, even though you're going to attempt to change it. It now ranks lower than other opportunities.
0: Well, and I love this because we're talking about a mindset shift. We talked about this last week as it related to um, the, uh, the existing resources and the solution. It's their view, not yours, right? And so right. you're really focusing on this other-centered approach that we always take. What is their view of your solution right now? And if you don't have that mindset going in, you are gonna, you're going to hit some speed bumps that you don't see coming.
1: Exactly Right. Yeah, it, it, and this one's tough because it's it's hard for us to see it from their perspective. It is.
0: It it's is. hard for us, but
1: this is this is why we always say people that are other centered are more successful. Mm-hmm. Not only they're more fulfilled, but they're also more successful because when you really can think like the customer and you go, okay, they don't care about that. Yeah, like one of the thing one of the challenges we bumped into recently was international presence.
0: Yeah,
1: we have international presence, but we, yeah, you know, it's just not as strong as some other things that we provide. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that was one of the decision drivers. Right. Um, well, it really didn't matter in this opportunity, but it mattered to the key influencers. Yeah. And so if we don't address that and, or, or if we're spending a lot of resources and it's something we can't change again, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at risk.
0: Yep. Yep. So, if we do let 's assume because we are all other centered, if you listen to this podcast, you you have uh, certainly seen the merits of be, being another centered seller, and we convince ourselves and we, and, we, and we put on our game face, and we are indeed in the meeting other centered what 's the play we run as an other centered person focusing on the perspective of the client? How do we actually uh, determine whether they value our unique solution
1: this one 's really simple to a simple formula to, to, to create. It's mm-hmm. the, the problem is putting in the accurate numbers, but here's what you want to do. Yep. You want to, first of all, you want to know what their decision drivers are. And if you don't know what the decision drivers are, that's a problem. Yep. That's just basic discovery. So yes, you've determined the need for the solution. Yep. But then the next thing, obviously, when you're selling and you're in discovery, you want to determine, well, how are you going to determine which solution provider you're going to pick? Well, they've got criteria. And so you want them, let's just say there's five. There's five criteria. And so you want to figure out how well you can address those criteria. So for example, global presence, that's going back as one of their criteria. Your ability to service globally. You need to score one to five. Um, Five meaning you kill it. You're super strong. One, you don't you you're, you're U.S. You only have offices in the U.S., so you take each one of the decision drivers. Price, you're like, well, we're very expensive, so price is that's one of their decision costs. You know, cost. So, well, you get a one on that. Yeah. So, you want to rank, take their decision drivers, and then you rank your ability to meet those drivers, and that will tell you how well they you they value your unique solution and determine your ability to win this deal. Now, if, if, you, if you really are seasoned veteran, you can then look at your competition and see how well they rank against those decision drivers. Yeah. If you've got a lot of weaknesses and the competition's got a lot of strengths, as you look at those drivers, you're in trouble. Well, but conversely, you could, you could say, wow, I'm, I'm lining up great here. I need to bring the whole team in. I need to invest a lot of energy and effort and money into winning this deal. And by well, the way, you, this can be just true of a car salesman.
0: Well, that's a good point. I was just going to say, as a, as a professional sales rep that that honestly wants to serve their clients, if you see that starting to happen, Mr. Customer, you said these things are important. And I know, you know, we're not super strong. And there's you're back to that part where you're saying, I got to talk them out of that or help them sell me why we should continue this dialogue. Because if you're saying international presence is the number one important thing, and we know that we don't measure up to some of our competitors and in international capability. It, it, that's a good, that's a good stopping point to say, <laughs> you know, right. This, this, this may not be working out for us to work together and make exactly. them convince you otherwise. Um, another great way to get the bad news out early. And if you're, if you survive that gate, there's, you know, maybe the international presence thing isn't
1: as important as they as they were stating. Absolutely. That's yeah. a, 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 well said. I mean, you good wrap up. I mean, it, Um, but that, that process will tell you, um, how they, again, how they, not, not what you, they should, but how they view your solution, their view of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's accurate. You may need to change that. Yeah. But again, the, the, you know, where you keep scoring low, in the the care, in the categories where they, they value, you know, what's important, what what they value, then you, you're at risk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, very good. So we covered three main areas, the competition loyalty sort of index, the political alignment, as well as do they value your unique solution? Tom, anything else for the group before we turn them loose?
1: I think that's it. Uh, You know, we'll, we'll talk about this on the next podcast, but I think it's good to mention here is you know, again, you're looking for a score in each one of these categories.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah that's you, good.
1: You know, like if you say, you can really value unique solution, you can really simply say one, two or three, you know, yeah. low value, average, high, you know, what, however you wanna do it. And then, you know, low is one, average is two and and high is three. And so you just keep coming up with a simple scoring system where you take the information about the category, like political alignment, and you could say, wow, we're really strongly aligned. You may give yourself a three, or you say, we're weak, give ourselves a one. So it doesn't have to be super complex, but each one of these categories needs a score. And Mm -hmm. then as you go through each one of these categories, you'll ultimately have a total score for um, your opportunity. And then if you're consistent, you'll know what that score means.
0: Yeah, yeah. And 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 as you get more and more into this and you do this, um, you will start to be able to figure out your your capability to win in all of your different clients. Uh, and it does sound like, a you know, it might sound like a lot of work to do this, but as we know, Tom, luck favors the prepared. So be prepared, do these steps and you will get better at deciphering whether you have uh, the capability to win these individual deals. And so we'll join you in another week with the third of three, uh, we want you it's to get out
1: and, and really. Uh, and I help say this, Scott, since I'm getting better at podcasts, it's yeah. the third installment. Does that sound? is that sound? I like installment. That? Sure. I like absolutely. Yeah. Okay.
0: yeah. Three part series, third installment. Uh, absolutely. You guys get out there and share this podcast, download, and subscribe. We want to get this to as many people as we can. It's for you, and we will see you next week on another episode of Sales with Aslan.